0: And welcome to the Horizon Church Podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you, and on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. What do we all stand? What do we all stand this morning? Shake off the hourless sleep. We're in for a great ride this morning. When you close your eyes, lift your hands. Father. I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that you want to build your people up this morning. Father, you want to lift them. Father, you want to strengthen them. And Father, we thank you for the love that you have for them. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Maybe may be seated. <clears throat> Church, I've been in the book of John for the last five weeks. And I'm struggling to get out of it. Because there's so much... Encouragement in that book. There's so much encouragement, particularly for the lives of us believers. When you actually look at it, so I'm going to preach a message this morning from John chapter 15. Uh, if you're taking down notes, I don't have a title for this message, just write the vine and the branches. The, the, the scripture is going to be on the screen. If you don't have it, we're going to read from John chapter 15, verses 1 to 3. And this is Jesus speaking, and he says this: He says, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Jesus is using the analogy of a grapevine to show us who he is and who we are in connection to him. Yeah, great, great. Furthermore, he shows us what the function one of the functions of his father is. He's the vine. Where the branches. The father is the vine dresser. I want you to notice the condition and the position of the branches the condition of the branches is that they are clean if you're a believer in Jesus Christ you are clean the bible says in hebrews that jesus by one offering has made you holy for all time he died once you received him once once sorry You received him once, he made you righteous once. How long does that last? Forever. So you are clean. And where are you positioned? In him. This is a permanent location for the believer. You are in Christ and Christ is in you. 1 Corinthians 1.30 says this, but of him you are in Christ Jesus. God put you in Christ Jesus who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says this, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Do you know, church, that you are one spirit with Jesus? That's good news. That brings joy to my heart. You meditate on that long enough. If you can take anything from this message, I am one spirit with the Lord. You are clean and you are close. How clean are you? As clean as Jesus Why? Because He has clothed you in His righteousness. And you are in Him forever. Abiding in Christ is not a work. It's the description of a permanent location. How do you know you're abiding in Him? How do you know? Well, the same author who wrote the book of John, tells us in 1 John chapter 4, he says this, by this we know that we abide in Him and He in us, because He has given us His Spirit. At salvation, He gave you His Spirit. He put you in Him and He put Himself in you. That's good news. But how many of you know that we go through seasons and our season does not define our location. Sometimes we go through unfruitful seasons where there's no fruit on the branches. But it still doesn't change the fact that you're in him. Because what did Jesus say? Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now that word "takes away" in the Greek is very interesting. It's a Greek word, aero. Can everybody say aero? We'll give you some Greek this morning. That's all right. I'm not going to do any dancing. My jeans are too tight. Uh, I, don't want any, I don't want any accidents. No, I'm not. Uh, maybe later, okay, if you behave. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to risk it, sorry. Um, (laughs) uh, Very good. Where was I? Eiro. So that word can mean take away, but it can also mean lift. To lift up. And the meaning of the word is determined by the context in which it is used. We're going to discover what the meaning of that word is in John chapter 15 in a few short moments. But before we do that, you know, I grew up in a, in a Greek home, in an ethnic home, And those of you who know ethnic homes know that we love growing our own vegetables. that we Sam? When I was growing up, my dad yeah, he grew tomatoes, cucumbers, uh, uh, beans, everything, lettuce, and of course, he had the token lemon tree. had about five of them? That's why they called me con the fruitera. Does anybody not know who Con the Fruiter is? No, no one? Okay, you all know. Okay, very good, very good. I'm in good company. Um, anyhow, one of the things that we had was a grapevine. It was a grapevine. And grapevines, like every other fruit or vegetable, go through seasons. There are seasons where the, uh, the leaves are nice and lush and green. And in those seasons, my mum... Uh, would pull off the leaves and make vine leaves, stuffed vine leaves dolmades and so anyone that knows Greek parents know that they show how much they love you by how much they feed you. Let me just say I grew up very loved I grew up very loved (laughs) but one of the things that can happen on a grapevine is that a branch because a grapevine is sitting on a trellis it's resting on a trellis Okay, sometimes a branch can hang down. When that happens, you have to lift up the branch and reattach it to the trellis in order for it to bear fruit. Sometimes we can be bowed down in various ways it might be a health challenge, it might be a broken down relationship. It may be things didn't quite work out in that job. It may be a career. It, may, it, may, it could be anything. But we find ourselves bowed down and we can feel unfruitful. It doesn't change our location. We're still in the vine and we need to be lifted. Isn't it like our Father? to lift us up. Do you know one of the greatest things about that truth is that even though the branch is bowed down, it's still part of the vine and it's still part of the other branches. But sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. You know, uh, one of the things that Dr. Ali Cawthorne said last week, which I, I, I completely agree with, she paid us one of the greatest compliments. I think you could have in pay any church is that this is a family. It's a family. It's a church family. But if I'm honest with you, in the 21 years I've been here, I haven't always felt part of it. And it's not a reflection on the family. The family is amazing. It's a reflection on where I was at. Bowed down. Feeling isolated, feeling unfruitful in a difficult season didn't change the fact that I was still part of the family. Didn't change the fact that I was still connected to the vine, but I needed to be lifted. Maybe you're in that place this morning and you need to be lifted by the Father. You need to know you're part of this family. And I believe this morning the Lord wants to lift some people. And that brings us to our first point. Our first point is this. We need to let the Father lift and place you. Let Him lift you and place you. I can't tell you how many times I've been lifted by the Father, and I have reached out at various points and stages to people who I just said, Man, I just need you to pray for me. Can you stand with me? Can we hang out for coffee? Being one of the greatest blessings of being part of a family is once you're lifted, the Lord restores you to the point where you could be that for someone else. Be that support for somebody else. What a great blessing. Tremendous. How How does God deal with us when we're fruitful? Some of you are fruitful and it's awesome. It may not be pruning time yet, and that's okay. Be blessed. But there does come a time where the Father prunes. How does that work? What does that look like? Let's have a look at it. Jesus said this in John 15, verse 2, second half. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. My dad, once a year, would, would prune down the grapevine. It was a sad day for me because I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? When am I going to eat my dolmades? My mum had an alternate uh, way of doing them. She'd wrap them up in cabbage. She'd stuff the tomatoes. She'd gut the tomatoes, stuff them. It's amazing. Come and see me for the recipe later. But he'd prune it right down. I did a bit of research on this, and for all you gardeners and horticulturists, please don't judge me, but Nikki Tilly, an author on gardening, wrote this. She said, Grapes should be pruned during their dormancy, usually in late winter. When it comes to pruning grapes, the most common mistake people make is not pruning hard enough. Light pruning doesn't promote adequate fruiting, whereas heavy pruning provides the greatest quality of grapes. Knowing how to prune grapes can make the difference between a good crop and a bad one. When pruning grapes, you want to cut off as much of the old wood as possible. This will encourage the growth of new wood, which is where the fruit is produced. When God saved you, He changed your identity. He gave you a new heart. He calls you a new creation in Christ. That is who you are. That is your identity. But how many of you know there's still some old wood hanging around in our behaviour, right? I discovered some old wood yesterday in my own life. It was Jack's birthday. And how many of you know that sometimes planning birth- kids' birthdays can be quite stressful? <laughs> Am I alone in that? Can I, can I have anyone's support, Any, anyone support? yet? Can I get a witness up in here? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. My wife's way better. She's way more refined in that area. So she just carries it really well. But I'm like, Jesus, help me. I need to, Lord, you need to prune this dead wood of stress from kids' birthdays. So happy birthday, Jacko. You're awesome. Um, anyhow, but we all have areas of dead wood hanging around. For some of us husbands, it may look like being more sensitive to your wife be more sensitive to her needs. Laying down your life afresh, loving her as Christ loved the church. For some wives, it might look like appreciating your husband for all that he does do. I'm not talking to you babe, by the way. Um, (laughs) It's for the other wives. Now, I I, I do tell her this, I am glad I married Stacey, Uh, honestly. Apart from Jesus, she's my greatest blessing. I really mean that. It's a process that does not happen independent of the Father. Do you know why? Because the Bible says that it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good pleasure. So the refining process is a bit of a mystery. But Paul does give us some instruction. In Colossians 3, verses 8 to 15, let's go there and we'll start to tie this up. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew... Circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. I love the way Paul instructs the church here. He addresses them as the elect of God. Putting on the new self... Putting off the old and putting on the new is not, a, not like you're trying out to make a footy team or anything like that. It's, it's, it's You are already in the team. You are already chosen. In fact, Jesus said in that same passage in John chapter 15, he says, You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to bear fruit and fruit that will remain. So you're chosen to bear fruit. He also calls them holy. You're not putting on the new self to become holy. You already are holy. How were you made holy? By the blood of Jesus. Once for all. Calls them beloved. You are loved in this whole process. It's amazing. It shows the Father's heart. And that's our second point. Pruning reveals the Father's heart. Why does he do it? So we might bear more fruit. So that we can allow the fruit of the Spirit to flow through our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. We see the Father's heart reflected in that instruction we're holy we're elect we're beloved there's a third group of branches that I want to just bring your attention to and while I'm doing that Craig you can come up brother brother Craig there's a third group of branches I'm going to quickly bring your attention to that Jesus talks about in John 15 verse 6 He says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. This is not talking about those who are already in Christ. What did Jesus say? If anyone does not abide in me. We discovered earlier that you know you abide in him by the spirit that he gave you. That must be talking about the non-believer. That must be talking about the one who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ. And there might be people in this room and you may have grown up with religion, but you've actually never put your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. There's good news for you today. You don't need to remain as a branch detached from the Saviour. He came to join you to Himself. In fact, a verse earlier, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Believer, you are not apart from Him. You are in Him and He is in you. So he's talking about those who are apart from Him. He came. He gave His life. He died on the cross, bearing your sin, bearing your shame, bearing your judgment. And do you know what the Bible says? That God was satisfied with the sacrifice of His Son. He became the propitiation for our sins. Propitiation is a Bible word that means the wrath of God has been satisfied. And when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you agree with, The Father's estimation of what the Son has accomplished. The Father was pleased with the sacrifice of His Son. And when you put your faith in the Son, He sends His Spirit to dwell in you, never leave you, never forsake you, and will remain with you forever. If you're watching this online, this is for you. If never put your faith or trust in Jesus Christ, don't go another day apart from Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, all across this place, in a moment's time, I'm going to pray a prayer, and all of us are going to repeat it by way of support. But if that describes you, if you know that you are apart from Jesus, this morning is a tremendous opportunity for that to change there's nothing magic about this prayer it's simply an expression an, an overflow of what's happening in your heart right now you might be saying I want to put my faith in Christ I want to agree with God the sacrifice that please God pleases me and I'm going to put my trust in that one sacrifice I want to be made holy once for all time if that's you Why don't you repeat these words after me and we're all going to repeat them by way of support. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that You are the Son of God. You came to earth and paid the price for my sin by bearing the full wrath of God upon Yourself. I place my trust in You and I confess You as my Lord and my Saviour. In Jesus' name, Amen. While every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to pray for those who prayed that prayer, maybe for the first time. If you're watching online, you made that decision, when you write to us in the chat box and one of our team will get in contact with you. But if you prayed that prayer and you really meant it and something changed in your heart, I want to pray for you. And we want to support and get behind you. If that was you, why don't you give me a wave? If you made that decision this morning, you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, let me know who I'm praying for. I'm not going to drag this out. I'm going to give you a few more moments. Wonderful. Wonderful. Father, Father, Thank you for those watching online, I thank you for those in this room who have decided to put their faith in the finished work of Christ. I thank you, Father, this is the beginning of the greatest journey they can ever go on. Lord, I thank you that your word promises that you give them eternal life and they'll by no means perish and no one can snatch them out of your hands. Father, we are grateful for the security that we have in You. Why don't we all stand this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.